All right now, you're listening to the Real Texas Radio Podcast. I'm your host, Bronin, just a fed-up taxpayer, bringing you all of your Texas local and national news. Welcome to the Real Texas Radio Podcast. I'm Bronin, your host. Thank you for tuning in again. And as we are now at the end of September and the midterm elections are coming up, people are starting to tune in, but really they're paying attention to the the national races or the U.S. Senate races or the congressional races. But it's really important, especially in a large metropolitan area like Dallas County, that people are paying attention to these local races. And one that I want to highlight today is the county judge. And of course, the county judge of Dallas is Clay Jenkins, who is terrible. He is horrible. He is still pushing the COVID scam. He is the uh, perfect example of a phony white liberal. And, uh, you know, I, I will say at least he did push for a, a little bit of a tax cut for uh, property taxes in Dallas County. And you know, we, we did just get a uh, property tax cut uh, passed here. In the city of Dallas, it's going to be very minimal. Most people, you're you're barely going to even notice it if you have a mortgage, especially. It's a cut that's going to be worth about seventy bucks per year. It, you know, I will say at least it is better than if this were California or if this were a, a Democrat-controlled northern city. There's no such thing as a tax cut especially around property. So at least we're we're trending a little bit in the right direction, even though just because property values have risen so much in DFW, you may not actually realize any cut at all, to be completely honest. So anyway, that's about the only good thing that I can say about Clay Jenkins. That's probably about the only thing that he's on the right side of. But he is facing a Republican challenger by the name of Lauren Davis. And she's got her kids in DISD, you know, unlike Clay Jenkins, who lives in Highland Park, where there's no homelessness or or anything like that. Homelessness all over the rest of these cities in Dallas County, and particularly in Dallas and downtown and and all over the DART stations that uh, deter most taxpayers in the city of Dallas from going near because the, the homelessness is uh, so uh, disgusting, like at the City Place station or, or really any of them. If, if you're downtown, it's it's a lunatic asylum that's just been left out in the streets. So anyway, Clay Jenkins, when he is not spending his hours representing the church of covetology which is that's that's how he spends most of his time that's what he's largely done for the last two or three years is uh, perform his clerical duties uh pushing the covid scam and hoax and, and the crap scene he's he's pushing that now on children so lauren davis 
she has actually got a strong record of standing up against the COVID scam and hoax. And when schools reopened in Dallas, she sent her children to school without masks. And she faced a, a huge battle with the school board and the superintendent, Inahosa. And it, she refused, her, her kids refused to wear a mask, which is really brave because the, uh, the liberals obviously pushed nothing in their lives, like the COVID hoax scam in the mask, obviously is the, uh, the crucifix of the, the COVID scam. So her children were forced in gym class. They were cordoned off by cones in the gym. They had to be separated from the, the other children who were masked. And when they were in the classroom, they were put behind transparent barriers, you know, to, to keep their, um, their disease germs, um, you know, away from all of the, uh, the, the parishioners of the, Church of Covidology, who were all wearing masks. And all we hear about these days are how vulnerable children's mental health is and, and all of their anxiety issues and their ADHD and their neurodivergence. And here, these two children were singled out by the school district to me and made to feel like aliens and, and like they were dirty vulgar creatures who couldn't interact with the rest of the class all over a mask that as anybody with a brain knows doesn't work has never worked hasn't hasn't saved one person hasn't kept one person healthy there's no evidence there never was it was a religious symbol much like wearing a, a cross around one's neck if if you're a catholic except wearing a cross around one's neck that that's actually a symbol of good even if you don't believe that it does anything for a lot of people it's a it's a reminder of, of being a a good person of being a a christian if you believe in that sort of thing whereas the wearing the mask was just a symbol of complete nonsense so even after Governor Abbott of Texas, after a year of the fraud, hoax, scam, COVID nonsense was in place, he declared that any COVID restrictions in the state of Texas, they were canceled effectively. So that, that was in March or April of 2021. Immediately following the governor's order, Clay Jenkins came right out, defied the order, and said, no, in Dallas County, we're still going to keep up with the hoax. And he forced businesses to compel citizens to wear masks inside. And I, I, I was done with it at that point. I was, no, if, if anybody said anything to me about a mask, I ignored them. I kept on walking in the store or I just left. But so that Clay Jenkins, be, because him, like so many other people in the public sector, so many teachers, so many people that had to go to an office downtown every day, work in a city or a state building or in the federal government, because they they had a big vacation for a year from work, Clay Jenkins included. And, and he basically got to just uh, eschew the rest of his responsibilities and just preside over the COVID scam. And he wasn't ready to give that up. He's still not. If, if you go on his uh, Twitter, well, he's 
posting about the COVID numbers every day like anybody cares, like it's anything real. And then he is going around with no mask for uh, for months or, or more and, and going into restaurants and getting in big groups of people and, and doing all this stuff that he told you that you were a uh, nurse and grandmother killer for if you were doing that two years ago. And, uh, you know, typical liberal hypocrite around this issue. When Jenkins was first seeking the office back in 2010, do you know he, he got over the line by like a hundred votes? Dallas County has over 2.5 million residents and the, the county judge, which is a rather powerful position here in the state of Texas, he got over the line by a hundred votes and for many of these local offices, that's the case. It comes down to such few votes because, you know, the, the average person who only has an opinion about something like abortion doesn't tune in to the people who are actually have control over their everyday lives and like their, their roads and their libraries and their schools and their police departments and, and the federal funding that gets allocated throughout the county. You, people, for whatever reason, they don't have the facility to tune into anything like that. So you need to get out there and vote in November. And you know what? You, you got to vote for Lauren Davis. And if you need to know anything else about her other than she was willing to stand up to the COVID hoax fraud scam and, and stand up to people like Clay Jenkins and these uh, school board members and, and just everybody else who just went along with the COVID hoax, shut their brain off, didn't want to ask any questions and just wanted to take the extra vacation days for, for the year or the two years. This is why you need to get out and vote. So uh, Lauren Davis, remember that name when you go into the polls in November, it, the few of you that are going to go into the polls, that is. I'm going to pivot to another issue that we discuss a lot here on the Real Texas Radio podcast, and that is homelessness in the city of Dallas. And as I mentioned, the county judge, Clay Jenkins, who lives in Highland Park, he doesn't experience homelessness because homelessness is not uh, tolerated in Highland Park. It's not allowed in that section of Dallas County as it is everywhere else in Dallas County, particularly the city of Dallas and uh, downtown and in any of the busy neighborhoods. So I'm going to read to you. This is from the Dallas Morning News. It was published earlier in September. It is, it's an opinion column by the Dallas Morning News editorial board. Perpetual homeless encampments are bad for the city and those who inhabit them. That is why we think the city's efforts and strategy to house unsheltered people is a good thing. But not everyone supports these measures. And usually the people who don't support those measures are the neighbors of the location where the city wants to house the homeless, right? If, if you have a, a house or a condo or you, you don't want to live next to homelessness, right? It's bad enough that the homeless are living in front of your library or in front of your local businesses or at your nearby dart station or the bus stop. But then the city 
for whatever reason, and this goes on throughout the United States, but the liberals will get some idea that they, they want to put the homeless in some hotel or motel with a lot of vacancies in a residential area. And of course, the homeless people, they're, they're going to come out into the street. They're not going to stay in the hotel. They're going to re-engage in, in all of their favorite behaviors like stealing shopping carts from the local supermarket and filling them up with trash and then throwing the trash all over the streets or panhandling in the doorways or in the medians or littering just all over the place um, and taking naps in public shared common spaces. Earlier this month, Deputy City Manager John Fortune shared in a memo the new homeless encampment strategy security plan as a response to city employees encountering resistance from activists and armed individuals at the site of homeless encampment cleanups. As we reported in July, at least 40 activists blocked city officials from cleaning the site of a homeless encampment under Interstate 45 in South Dallas. Some carried rifles. D did you did you hear this story? Did did you hear that there were activists showing up with guns out in the street? And they were basically uh, resisting or they were, they were putting up a stink toward city officials. You, you know, I'm guessing these weren't MAGA people. I'm guessing you didn't see a lot of red hats among this group. But you know what? If, if this were MAGA people, you, this would have been a national story without a doubt. J6 we're still hearing about and there, nobody had a gun that was in the crowd. Here we have activists showing up threatening city officials in the city of Dallas with rifles, with weapons, with guns. And all they're trying to do is clean out homeless encampments, which are terrible for everybody. When we went to the site the following week, we saw at least one man with a long gun. It was jarring to see the activist response with the implicit threat of violence to a program that is attempting to get people out of dangerous and unsanitary encampments and onto the path of a more stable life. City Hall deserves praise for putting together a plan that takes the safety of city workers seriously, even if such a plan should be unnecessary. Code compliance officers and Homeless Solutions employees should be able to do their vital jobs without harassment or intimidation. And you know what, apparently code compliance, that's another area of local government that has a shortage along with the police. And apparently the code enforcement officers, they're gonna start wearing body cameras because of the threats and danger that they often have to face when, when they are performing their duties, like going to site a, a building or an encampment or an apartment complex. Uh, apparently, some of them are getting assaulted and they're dealing with all kinds of foolishness and nonsense, much the same way that the Dallas police are, which is keeping applications very low and driving Dallas police into neighboring cities with better pay and, and no homelessness. 
In a first-tier response, city marshal and Dallas police neighborhood policing officers will be on standby. Under this tier, people living in a camp are not being removed from the site at the time. Instead, city officials are cleaning the encampment as a health and hygiene precaution. This level of response assumes that activists are not present. If city officials believe that activists will protest at the encampment, a tier two response will be used. In this case, city marshals and neighborhood police officers will be at the location while city officials are either cleaning or closing a site. A police response team will be on standby. If there is advanced knowledge that activists will be carrying firearms and protesting at the location, then the city will engage a tier three response. Marshals and neighborhood police will be at the location and a police response team will be on standby with instructions to notify the mayor and council of planned resistance and possible threats. You know, I'm not hearing anything about these armed activists getting arrested. You know, I thought that the worst thing that a person could do in America right now, other than be unvaccinated, is to engage in any kind of gun violence or threats, right? It, don't we have a, a huge gun problem, according to the uh, liberals in the country? And here we are, where the, are, are these people just going to be allowed to go home with their guns that they've brought out into public to, to threaten city officials with? Are you telling me that your phone wasn't blowing up with notifications about this story the same way it does when Meghan Markle buys a new dress? The article, it doesn't mention any names or there's no photos of the activists or anything like that. Of course, again, if they were MAGA people, they'd be all over social media and this would have been a national story. But that's not the case. Anyway, I will be continuing to focus on these local Texas issues throughout the campaign season. I'm going to try to highlight some of the other races. I, I admit it's difficult to find a lot of information on these local candidates, especially judicial candidates. Maybe you heard about the Amber Givens story, the Dallas judge who's being accused of during the a COVID scam, what do you know, when legal proceedings and trials, they moved onto the internet over to Zoom, and apparently the prosecutor accused or at least suggested that Judge Amber Givens, she actually wasn't the person proceeding over the legal proceeding. Instead, she had a member of staff, not a judge. I don't know if it was a, a clerk or her coordinator was stepping in and pretending to be her. And and this was this is very serious because the this was a case that was going to be determining somebody's bail or whether this person was going to be going to jail or something like that. And anyway, all kinds of shenanigans going on with the Dallas judges and Dallas isn't unique in that sense, but it, it is unique in the sense that we have an opportunity to vote or vote out these people who are not taking their responsibilities with the level of seriousness and duty that they should be. 
So please keep tuning in to the Real Texas Radio podcast. I'm Bronin, and I will catch you on the next episode.